Hello and welcome to Overdrive, a program that considers all aspects of cars and transport. I'm David Brown, and in this program we look at news stories including a lot about Volkswagen and Rolls-Royce announces a recall for just one car. We hear about a major motoring event that is the new style of motor show, not the usual static display. And in our panel discussion with Brian Smith and Errol Smith, we take a light-hearted look at stories, including the entire national art contest that has art made around the common car tyre. Have a question or a comment? Send it to overdrive at drivenmedia.com.au. Now, let's get the program going. First, the news. Most people are aware of virtual reality being put on goggles and go into a fantasy world. But a huge amount of research dollars are going into augmented reality. Rather than taking you away from the real world, augmented reality adds helpful information to your real-world situation. The car industry is an ideal place to use this technology. In 1988, General Motors offered a heads-up display on the Oldsmobile Cutlass Supreme. But static information is only the beginning. Land Rover and Toyota are offering vision from under the front of some of their four-wheel drives that is projected on the windscreen that makes it look like you can see through the whole front end of the car to the terrain underneath. Rather than listening to verbal instructions from your GPS, Jaguar has developed the 360 Virtual Urban Windscreen concept, a system that projects a ghost car that appears to be in front of you. You then follow it as it turns corners and other such moves to get to your final destination. There is no doubt that technological advances in the motoring industry are increasing at a rapid rate. And still on the subject of technology, we know that modern cars have many innovations that improve safety such as electronic stability control and automatic emergency braking. But how well do these systems work and is one car brand better than others? Motoring journalists test the car's performance, but what about the performance of these critical safety systems? This is all the more important as we move to autonomous cars. The European safety organisation Euro NCAP is introducing a test that will check how well vehicles autonomously detect and prevent collisions with pedestrians, which it says will make it simpler for consumers and manufacturers to find out which systems work best. According to Euro NCAP, independent analysis of real-world crash data in the UK and Germany indicates that the deployment of effective autonomous emergency braking systems on passenger cars could prevent one in five fatal pedestrian collisions. Overdrive recently reported on the decline in sales for the Volkswagen brand since the emissions scandal in Australia, the US and the UK. Now figures are in for the whole world market. Specifically for the Volkswagen brand, as opposed to other cars made by VW such as Audi, Seat and Skoda, global sales are down 5.3%. But before this can all be attributed to the emissions scandal, the decline has been significantly impacted by economic downturns in Brazil and Russia, where VW sales have declined by 50% and 26% respectively. Overdrive believes that while people may be outraged by Volkswagen's actions, 
their own buying behavior will be strongly dictated by the specifics of what they can get out of it. One of the image problems for Volkswagen could be if revelations about the emission scandal keep trickling out over a long period of time. It is in VW's interest to clear up the issue as quickly as possible. Volkswagen is now telling non-managerial employees that they can come forward with information about how the company cheated on the US emissions tests and they won't be fired. Workers could be transferred to other duties, however, and the company has stressed it cannot get anyone off the hook for ongoing criminal probes. The offer is valid until the end of the month and only applies to workers covered by collective bargaining agreements. A VW spokesman has said, managers are not included. Good drivers turn bad when faced with poor driver etiquette, according to Queensland's University of Technology Research which has found many motorists are creating the problem they hate by responding aggressively to rudeness on the roads. The study by QUT's Centre for Accident Research and Road Safety has said that there is widespread belief among drivers that their own on-road performance was good and they expected other people's driving behaviour to be poor. The study found common on-road events that trigger driving aggression from good drivers were actions like poor merging, cutting off behaviours and tailgating. Almost 40% of drivers surveyed reported verbally venting their frustrations through actions such as name-calling, and while this might seem physically harmless, research has shown yelling increases driver danger. Driver aggression cannot be blamed on gender or age, it is widespread and linked to how we think about others' behaviours on the road. In Melbourne, a local councillor has suggested that the inner city have a car-free day so as to encourage the use of more sustainable forms of transport. But the suggestion has been criticised by the Mayor and the Motoring Club of Victoria, the RACV. The RACV has said that the proposal for a car-free central city ignores the reality of travel needs of Melbournians and deliberately introduces yet another pressure on an already overstrained transport network. Furthermore, they said that the proposal will simply annoy people, perhaps turn them away from the city and even prevent people with no other transport choice from visiting the CBD and participating in the many activities and events that happen every day in Melbourne. Overdrive has reported in the past that events such as transport strikes can make people review their method, time and route of travel, but perhaps it is best to try and encourage people to do this gradually, rather than all at once, which might lead to a discouraging experience on an overcrowded transit system. Most car manufacturers appear to have caught up with German brands when it comes to technological features and innovations, but BMW is trying to stay ahead of the pack. They have recently released the all-new BMW 7 Series, and they are claiming a number of special features. Anti-dazzle BMW laser light technology fitted as standard on the 750i and 750li, doubles the headlight range from 300 metres to an amazing 600 metres. The new design driving experience control switch now includes adaptive mode, which adapts the car's setup as required to the driving style and the character of the road. Extensive use of carbon fibre reinforced plastic has helped reduce the weight by up to 130 kilograms. And to top it all off, a panorama glass roof called the Sky Lounge with a unique light display that can be switched between six colours. 
Prices, which do not include on-road costs, start at $217,500 and go all the way up to $312,700. Perhaps you should buy a lotto ticket. And that has been the news. traditional motor show is struggling, or certainly in Australia. In fact, the Sydney Motor Show and the Melbourne Motor Show have ceased to be. They were, of course, static displays of cars you can mainly see in dealerships, but they were all in one place, so it must have had some appeal. Although car companies did their best to put on a good show, it seems to be of little avail. But more dynamic shows, like Top Gear's festivals held at Racing Circuit, seem to pull a bit of a crowd. Now the news is that Sydney will have a new motor show festival called Motor World, starting in 2016. What's it all about? Chris Willand is the Managing Director of Motor World Sydney itself, and he joins us on the line. Chris, thanks for your time. What is uh, Motor World all about? Motor World is about making uh, motoring events more experiential, meaning um, uh, turning them into a festival rather than a static display, which means uh, we are trying to um, engage and entertain the visitor more so than it has been the case in the past, of course still showing off uh, the newest and greatest cars um, in the market and still with, of course, multiple brands uh, in attendance. However, the visitor gets the opportunity of um, hopping into the car behind the wheel and taking it onto a racetrack, which even for your family car is an exciting adventure, taking it onto the streets as a test drive and comparing it against other models or onto a um, very nice four-wheel drive track, which um, Sydney Motorsport Park have. So it's still very much the focus on uh, whoever they might be who are interested specific in cars. Uh, some of the other festivals have tried to bring in, you know, stunt aeroplanes and things like that. Will, will you include that or, as I say, will your focus be just on that driving experience? The focus is a lot wider than the driving experience, but the um, driving experience is, of course, what will get most of the people there. However, um, as opposed to motor shows, we have a, a significant uh, family zone and family entertainment area that includes um, kids' driver's licenses, that includes an open-air cinema, um, it includes um, a stage with uh, musical and other acts. Um, we also have um, a, a lifestyle zone where anything around uh, the automotive lifestyle is on display and in, in action. But uh, it centers around the automotive industry, but it's certainly not only for the, the car buyer or the car enthusiast. Um, and um, yeah, not to mention the uh, edutainment space, which is an educational component where we educate the whole family from the very young driver to um, the, the family car buyer um, on new technology, safety, um, uh, defensive driving techniques and similar things. Okay, that's, uh, that's very broad. Uh, I think that uh, opens the opportunity for families to come as a whole day. I remember dragging the teenager around a number of car shows, which I got all excited about, but he got bored with rather quickly. Absolutely. No, the teenager um, will have um, a car race to participate in. He'll certainly be engaged by a, um, um, a, a digital racing um, activity. But we also have um, a young driver program where uh, you know recent 
Uh, also, Alpates and uh, P-plate drivers get to go on track with uh, very professional instructors and go onto the street with them and um, and uh, fine-tune their skills. So we actually have some... Uh, uh, we have a focus on that family. And at the other, other end of the scale, of course, the grid club, the VIP club with um, champagne and entertainment around design topics and others, including a ladies' day, um, is also on the agenda. Okay, we're trying to cover all bases, which sounds uh, very interesting. You predicted... Uh, to you hope to get nearly, uh, I find an interesting word, 28,000 people to the first one. Um, the, the the last one in Victoria, the Australian Motoring Festival, they predicted 50,000 but got only 25 and now they've stopped. Is 28,000 enough? Uh, 28,000 is, is not enough. Um, we are expecting uh, more than that. Um, we are... Uh, Expecting uh, way beyond 50,000 in the first instance, which, of course, we compare more uh, readily to the last Sydney Motor Show, where um, the lowest attendance ever was 130,000. Now, we're not uh, thinking that that will be the case in the first year because these events do need time to grow. But um, somewhere between 50 and 100,000 would be a realistic expectation. Um, this is also based on the on similar events that have been held at uh, Sydney Motorsport Park, and on the fact that with um, the uh, destination New South Wales and New South Wales government, we have a very competent and potent partner um, in terms of marketing and and PR, and um, we expect to to reach a lot of people and um, yeah, draw a lot of people into into the event. Well, that's far more optimistic. I was reading from the press release that did mention the figure, 28,000, but uh, that sounds much better. You are, of course, also uh, promoting it. Uh, there's going to be some television of uh, uh, coverage of the event. Is that all part and parcel of trying to embrace a wider Absolutely. range of people? Um, we, uh, uh, for the, uh, we, we are in negotiations. Um, sadly, I can't give you too many details at the moment because it's not signed on the dotted line, but of course, with a national um, TV broadcaster, we had made um, announcements before. The details will become clear, which means Motor World will feature in uh, programming, will feature in advertising, will feature, of course, in some of the uh, news-style segments, and um, that is all being planned already, and the same applies to um, the, um, the radio uh, media partner. I think it is very important to have national media partners who um, have a presence on the ground, who have a real interest and have program, program segments where Motor, where Motor World fits into. And uh, we have found these, and um, yeah, those will be very exciting announcements over the next few weeks. Chris, lovely to talk to you. Thank you very Thank much you for your yours. time. Thanks a lot. And that's Chris Willand, the Managing Director of Motor World Sydney, talking about a new festival which we will see in November 2016 for the first time. This is Overdrive across Australia. And finally in the program, some quirky news. And joining me on the line is Brian Smith. Hey, Brian. Hey, David. And Errol Smith. Hey, Errol. Hey, David. Now you have, a, Errol, a story about art. Yeah, well, you wouldn't normally think of car tyres as artistic, but Michelin is trying to change that with its sponsorship of an art contest called the Entire International. Oh, sorry, the Entire National. That's their pun, not mine. Um, in upstate South Carolina. Now, in its third year, the contest challenges entrants to create an internationally themed work of art using four regular tyres, supplied by Michelin, of course. Past entries have included, well, they're hard to describe, uh, a whale, an Eiffel Tower, 
a white swan. Not sure if they got white walled tires for that one. And a selection of other entries that words cannot describe or perhaps probably shouldn't. <laughs> um, what do you th- what do you think? Is this is this a, a, cro- a good cross between possibly the most boring yet critical part of a car and art? I found difficulty finding pictures of uh, past entrants or winners. It, it certainly didn't come up on the st- the, the home website, but uh, once I did, one of them was a Spartan helmet, which was the sort of the curve of the tire. Yes, I like that one, David. I thought mm. that was pretty interesting. Mm. Mm. They cut a tire a bit, made a sort of helmet bit, and then put a, a plume on the top with different flags. Mm. Uh, so I thought that was good. The, the Eiffel Tower, as you said, which is pretty well straight, just cutting strips of a tire and making them in that sort of format. One was a bit like a, just the round tire cut cut down a bit, uh, looking a little bit like a stained glass window. I'm not quite sure of the significance of that. Um, but uh, it had criteria over all design and execution, tire usage, uh, international theme and inclusion. And they talked about inclusion as being the art or state of including or being included within a group. And so I'm not quite sure how tires help you be inclusive, yeah. but that was it. You know what I was thinking? A lot of it was about a nice, new, fresh tire. Yet a bald tire has this great image of danger. Oh, yes. Mm. Now, if you go to something like The Scream, you know, Edvard Munch's uh, great painting, um, it evokes a sort of a depression or a, an anger or a, you know, a fear. Um, whereas most of the ones were, here's a brand new tire that's never been used. I, I perhaps like the idea of a worn out one. Well, yes, the Michelin supplies the tires, don't they? They give, uh, they give the artist four tires to, to deal with. And you're right, David, it would be, make more sense if it was recycling of worn out tires, which could give a whole lot more opportunities. The one that shocked me was the tire Swan, David. I believe uh, in 20 years ago, you'd see them in every front yard. <laughs> <laughs> um, a swan cut out of a tire. Um, it's an I was I was wondering what happened to them. You know, you you cut that one half and then you turn the other top half around, and so you got the body and then the sort of head and mm. and, and bill and that. It's, yeah, and the, but the great thing about uh, those was you used to put plants in them, of course. Yes. Because with a tire, the worst thing in the world is getting water in them. Have you ever tried to get water out of a tire? <laughs> <laughs> it's impossible unless That's you put right. a puncture in it. Yeah, of course, if you turn it upside down, it just, just runs, runs around. around. Yes, yes. And it's very hard, and, or it falls down, but it falls from the top half of the tire the down half. into the bottom half. Yes, yeah, so you, you've just had to. You had to wind up just putting them in the sun and hope they dried yeah, out. Using yes. paper to, to mop them up. I don't know. But, but, but they, they collect mosquitoes and yes. things. But a plant in there would absorb the water. But but often often you didn't even if you didn't want a plant to go in there, one would find its way. <laughs> That's right. They, <laughs> they often looked that way, like the plant had accidentally <laughs> got in there, didn't they? Yes, but giving them new tyres, you know, one of the kids I, I saw a news report on it that was on the web, and the kids were saying we 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 had to spend a couple of days working out how to actually cut the thing because yeah. a new tire. Yeah, lots of steel is, in there. Yeah, yeah it's all, not an easy task. All, all still belted these days, yeah. But I don't, I don't know. It's been going for three years, so they're either really long-lasting tyres or they're under retreads. <laughs> <laughs> uh, apparently, it's only for residents of South Carolina. 
So our creative urges. Uh, The winner receives $5,000, of which you get to donate that to a charity school or non-profit of your choice. So there it is. Now, gentlemen, I've talked in the past that we often overrate our own performance. And now, still speaking of Michelins, they've done a survey where the majority of drivers are very confident in their own driving abilities. 81% rank themselves highly. Uh, 66% have felt unsafe, however, when someone else is at the wheel. And there are other statistics that sort of coincide with that. 69% see other motorists ignoring safe driving practices daily. Um, However, not surprisingly, 75% of drivers admit to offering advice from the other seat. So we think we're good. We're great at offering advice. Um, Is that a reflection of the difficulty we've got in road safety campaigns? Yes, David, uh, that sort of confirmation bias is a real thing that uh, everybody considers uh, that road safety advice is intended for other people and, mm. that, uh, and that they don't have any problems. So one of the issues I had with this, with this survey was the sample size, David. 1,015 uh, American adults ages 18 and older. Have a guess how many Americans there are aged 18 and older adults. Americans. Uh, there would be 200 and something million. 245 million to be exact. Yeah. Right. And that makes the sample size of 0.0004%. So, <laughs> so look, it's, well, it's one well, of those surveys, David, that we often end up reporting on where uh, yes. it's all about the company, um, which is, uh, you know, trying to get a bit of a, a leg up in the industry. And of course, uh, what Michelin says here is that, um, look, there are um, significant gaps in teens' road readiness, including tyre-related safety knowledge and skills. Yes, there you go. They've brought yes, the tyres yes. into it. Which, which they're happy to solve. And they are launching the Beyond <laughs> the Driving Test campaign where you can learn more about, have a guess, tyre maintenance. Yes, <laughs> yes. How to check tyre tread and tyre pressure. Of course, these things are good. This is safety. Mm. Um, but uh, yes, it's um, it's a little bit um, self-serving. Yeah, they, but but what they, they have what, a, they're, um, what they're sort of saying here, even regardless of the sample size, is pretty much what most of us kind of know anyway. You know, and it's this sort of standard thing that that most people believe they are of above average at anything. Oh, it's definitely a hurdle for a road <laughs> safety get it to get over for sure. Oh well, hang on. There's also what is it? Um, Something Kluger, uh, Dunger Kluger uh, uh, attitude, Dunning, which says Dunning that Kruger. Dunning, yeah, that's it. Yes, yeah. yes. Which says the the less you know, the more adamant you can become. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. yes it, the less confident you are, the, the better you believe in your own abilities. Mm. Yes, I, I like yeah, the that. the statistics that eighty one percent think they're a good driver, but if you flip it around, only forty four percent were comfortable with someone else driving. So, in other words, almost half of the people who thought they were good were actually so bad, nobody wants to be in a car with them (laughs) behind the wheel. And there's another almost 20% of people who rank them, don't rank themselves highly. So they're people with poor self-esteem. And what what sort of road safety concerns do they have? (laughs) They're the people travelling at 40 kilometres an hour in the the left lane. Wearing hats. Wearing hats. Now, they started a campaign with a hashtag on Twitter, uh, share, sharing safety, and people can uh, write into it. 
it's full of um, bland generalizations. You know, I mean, it's, it, you know, never let your passenger distract you. Well, yeah, yeah that's okay. But uh, yeah, it's a bit like the campaigns that tell you to drive safely. Yes, that's right. You know, Please drive safely. Mm. Yes. Uh, now, what the research has shown is that that's not very effective, and so they're doing more specifics, like have a plan B. Yes. And, you know, so it doesn't just say, don't drink, drive. It says, well, hang on, have you got an alternative worked out? Uh, I went through some of these things, and there's a whole list of them now. Um, uh, and they have things like, we don't want to let tech make us lazy drivers. Okay, well, what do you do about that? Mm. And another one said, I'm more of a throw-them-in-the-pool kind of teacher with my son. Otherwise, his anxiety builds. <laughs> so I'm not quite sure what you meant to do with this. Yes. Yeah, report them uh, to the and, authorities, and, I think, David. And then so yes, throw them in the pool. And and then um, people say things like, I don't know what people are thinking. So stupid. That's that's one of the things. Well, I, I don't know what you want to do. I actually sent one in that said, if uh, you know, I forget to regularly check my tyres, so I try to have something to prompt me. I use my uh, credit card every month. When, when the account comes in, I check the tyres. That sort of thing is useful, David. You're a thinker. Because right. what's going on here is it's just that typical the standard of the national debate about anything, where we have a conversation about something. It's just really about, look, you know, we've spoken. We haven't actually said anything useful. We haven't listened to anything that anybody's said, but we've engaged people so that they can all feel like they're included. Yes, and we've, and we've guy, ignored the experts. Again. Yes, and... And one guy who was sharing safety, his uh, twit, tweet was, um, remember to wear condoms. So. You can have an accident. <laughs> Not quite the safety message where it was intending. And I, I, don't, yeah, but, I don't know if Michelin makes that kind of rubber. Yeah, <laughs> yeah but a blowout can be just as hazardous. Yeah. Uh, now, Brian, you have a story. A, a, a brief one, David. Um, a lot of people in uh, Pennsylvania in the U.S. Uh, reported a dead man alongside the uh, the motorway, the, the, the a highway in eastern Pennsylvania. Um, police responded. They found the gentleman was just napping. He wasn't dead. He was sleeping. I've seen that on a lot of headstones, though. Not dead, only <laughs> sleeping. But uh, in this case, he was actually only sleeping. Uh, he yeah. was a homeless fellow. They woke him up and he left the area without incident. Turns out he was... Uh, uh, having a snooze up against a guardrail near the exit. And, of course, uh, as people slowed down, they saw him mm. and uh, they called 911. Gentlemen, lovely to talk to you. Thank you very much for your time. No, David. David. And that's Brian Smith and Errol Smith. We were talking some quirky news. And this has been Overdrive. My thanks to Errol Smith, Brian Smith and Paul Just for their great help during the program. Overdrive is syndicated to stations across Australia on the Community Radio Network. I'm David Brown. Thanks for listening.